0: Hello, marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC marketeer. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Marketeers. Today I have on Megan Morgan. She is a marketing and communication specialist at Lyonakis. She's a creator, curator, and curiosity advocate. She's a storyteller with a focus on people power engagement and long-term growth, content structuralist podcast host, visionary producer, and written word worker. Welcome. Thank you. So my favorite question to get started with, how did you get into this industry? What's your story?
1: What well, I love the most about um, this industry is i found a lot of us got into it the same way. I don't know if it was last year or the year before at SMPS. And a lot of people were talking about Society for Marketing Professional Services. I think a lot of your listeners will know what that is. Yeah, And they're talking about how they fell into this and they didn't quite Know that there was even this specific kind of a career path in the AEC industry. And I was one of those people. So for probably five, no, more like 10 years before I came into this industry, I worked as a merchandiser, essentially a buyer for different companies. And I was writing online content, buying products. And the particular company that I was working for at that time got bought out by another company and they significantly changed focus and my job position drastically changed. So I wanted to get back into something where I was using more of my writing skills and my first degree was in journalism many moons ago and I've always loved to write and to create and now that the position that I I had didn't really, I was managing spreadsheets and I started looking and I believe it was through LinkedIn, just using certain keywords. I wanted to find positions where I could write. And this opportunity came up at LineAucus. And I wanted to also still be local and kind of fairly small owned. And that seemed to, you know, tick all the boxes. And so I applied It took quite a bit of time. They had a fairly intensive onboarding, hiring and interviewing process, but it worked out. And I'm now going on four years with the firm. And I was hired on as, I'm still a marketing coordinator, but we've added communications specialist to the title because one of my niche points and things that I enjoy doing is working with social media and blogging and just PR and communications in general, both internally and externally at the firm. So it's been nice to grow even that little bit in the short time that I've been
0: there. Excellent. So I wanted to talk to you about coping with constraints. We've all been dealing with constraints for about the past year. What have you found effective to cope with like the work from home and other pandemic related constraints? Oh, for
1: sure. (laughs) The last year, as we all know, has been one where we've had to learn to figure out how to pivot very, very quickly. It's a word that's being used a lot right now and it is kind of <laughs> annoying, but it's it's also very true, like from the place that you are, how can you figure it out? So for example, prior to working from home, I'm one of those people who really always like to have like the printed paper in front of me. So when I was reviewing a proposal or something I was working on, I like to print it and be able to edit it. And I still believe there are mistakes you catch more often when you have a printed piece of paper in front of you than you do on the screen. There's just something in that translation that gets missed for me personally. But I know there's a lot of people in the firm who felt that way as well. And now being from home, it's not like I can't print anything, but it's different when you're working with a home-based printer and you right. know ink that runs out and maybe you don't have ink to replace it. So one of the things I've really embraced is just working with the technology and getting another screen so that I can enlarge it and see it really clearly. And it sounds like really basic, but that's one of them is basically just embracing the digital world. And then the constraint of When we're communicating with people, so when we're in the office, you can IM somebody, you can call them, but you can also run over to their desk and say, hey, you know, I'm waiting for this, or what do you think about this? You can collaborate on ideas very quickly in person. And one of the things that the pandemic has, it's made that impossible, right? We haven't seen really anybody from work in almost a year. And so we've had to figure out how to communicate just as well, if not better, given the constraints we have, not being able to be together in person. And again, that involves embracing the digital format in the way that's most comfortable for other people. So I tend to be someone who doesn't want to use the phone. I'd rather IM or email somebody, but knowing when I have to like bend and be like, okay, this person really wants to have a phone call or a video call to know that they're talking to a real person and and figuring out, yes, where is your comfort zone, but also How can you make things better by appealing to somebody else's comfort zone? And then I guess the third thing we're talking about constraints is more, I guess, personal, personally, when you're personally challenged as we have been, like we've all been saying, we've been working from home. We've been working from home in a pandemic. And during a time that there's been so much unrest and so much, You know, death, to be perfectly honest, and just a lot of really complicated things in our world. And it's very difficult to always just be business as usual. And so coping with those constraints, it's necessitated that we be really open with one another, with our supervisors, or with somebody that we trust at work to say, I'm having a really hard time at the moment because of X, Y, Z. And it could be something personal in your family. It could be dealing with homeschooling. It could be dealing with a family member who's ill, there's, you know, a thousand things that could potentially disrupt your day. And it's about now we're forced to talk about it. Whereas before it's, I feel like there wasn't as much leeway for people to express the things that were going wrong. And so that's, that's something that I've learned to embrace at our work. Actually, specifically, we now have weekly one-on-one meetings with our managers, So prior to that, we had twice, you know, the beginning and the end of the week as a group, you know, as our department, we would meet and we still do. But right as the new year started, actually, we started doing one-on-ones. And then as we went to work from home, we said, yeah, it's still really important to do that because that's an opportunity to express yourself, whether it's something personal or professional, just away from, you know, 10 other sets of eyes or however many people are in the
0: meeting. Absolutely. You touched on something really interesting there, which is having to be honest with one another. And I would see that not only from an employee manager relationship, but I've also noticed that a lot of the technical staff are opening up in a way that would not have been possible in the work setting. And Mm -hmm. I almost attribute that to them being in their homes talking to you. Agreed. I've I've noticed the same thing whether it's been a
1: big all company meeting where we're encouraged to do that, but part of it is the setting. You know, we turn our cameras on, you could somebody could be in their bedroom or in their kitchen or in their office. You know, there's a myriad of places they could be working from, and it automatically makes it more personal. And I think initially there was a lot of fear and and apprehension. Because people might have I know I know I was. I was working in one of my daughter's bedrooms at one point. You could see the bunk bed and the, the teddy bear. And I was kind of like, I was mortified because I thought, okay, this is not, you know, what people want. And I'd seen some things online where people were making fun of that. And for the good, the good part of it is so many people stood up and said, Hey, we're all doing the best we can here. Like we've got to work where we're gonna work. We don't all have like a room with a view where <laughs> there's not gonna right. be interruptions all day long. And so that I agree with you with the technical staff too. We've gotten to know a lot, like somebody I wouldn't normally have heard from because of the digital platform. They were very open about sharing pictures of their grandchildren and talking about changes that happened with them this year, just in a casual conversation. I don't know that that would have necessarily come up under regular circumstances. And then that opens up the way for us to talk about the more technical things easier because we're still getting to know one another.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: Speaking of constraints, that's been one of the things too. We have we have two dogs, and one we've had for ten years. Her name is Frida, um, but another one showed up on our doorstep in June. This, this stray, <laughs> yeah, his name is Freddie. Now we we have him, and we went through all the usual, you know, things that you do. We put ads out, we put it on Nextdoor, on Facebook, and we contacted the animal shelters and no one claimed him and he wasn't chipped and so he he stayed with us he's now part of our family and that's one of the things too there i'm hoping during this interview that they won't bark <laughs> and that no one <laughs> will come to the door and it's all these things it's like real life but when you're on camera and when you're on zoom you know these things they're constraints but i found people understood very very quickly no matter what was going on in your life people would just laugh it off it's like it's fine it was me or the person that's happening to would get more stressed out about the perception of their life than anybody else who was involved on the call
0: yeah yep but i mean it's happened to all of us hasn't it
1: <laughs> exactly this that's what i keep saying a phrase i keep saying is this is our life now <laughs>
0: because <laughs> we live on zoom and we just we got to get used to it yeah. So I also learned something very cool about you. You are a yoga instructor and have started this wonderful podcast called MYA, or My Yoga Audio. Mm -hmm. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Yeah, I've been teaching yoga for about
1: eight years, practicing the physical postures for about 20. And I found myself, you know, when the pandemic started, I had slowed down my teaching quite a bit. I was in January of this of 2020, I can't believe we're already in 2021. In January of 2020, I was just doing private sessions with people one-on-one, a very small group, about monthly or even quarterly classes. Of course, with the pandemic, everything shut all of that down. And so I was still looking for a way to teach and also experience classes that was different from Zoom. And I couldn't figure out what that was. And so I realized I'd love to do it audio so I don't have to look on a screen. I can just listen to somebody's voice and figure it out from there. And I even tried it out a little bit, like I'd go to YouTube and find something and just not look at it. But if it's not purposefully being taught that way with the idea that someone isn't watching you, it doesn't always work. And there's more of that now, I, I know it. But when I started this back last summer of 2020, I started it cause it was what I was looking for and I figured I can't be the only one. There have to be other people who are looking for this. And I, got together with a local producer who has like a little studio here and he said yeah like you should do this do the classes do the meditations do the yoga classes but think about you know inviting guests on the show and that very quickly by the third episode I already had people say yeah I'd love to be on the podcast and I'm sure you've had that response on this too and when people find out what you're doing and it's been great and so now it's a mix of meditations, yoga classes that are just audio only, guided meditations and interviews with really cool guests. And sometimes, yes, they are yoga teachers and it's a specific, I try to get different people who are teaching different types of yoga or focusing on health and wellness in ways that are different from one another. So one person is a mental health therapist. Another person has an Ayurvedic practice. So she focuses on more on cooking and what you're eating And it's been really a very cool journey to be on, as I'm I'm sure um, you can understand as well. And then I always ask people if they don't seem to have anything to do with yoga, like understanding that yoga is more than just physical postures. Any of you out there who've taken yoga training know there's eight limbs of yoga. And so the physical movements or asanas, as we call them, is just one of eight limbs. And so it's how does that yoga go off the mat? So how are you helping others out in the world? What are you doing to make the world a better place? Like improving the lives of others. So a lot of times I'll have people on who are activists in some way, or they're seeking to change you know, corporate culture to be a little more inclusive. The list goes on and, and I kind of feel like the possibilities are endless. So it just started out as like, I can't find this. So I'm going to create it has now turned into a whole different thing, which I'm not mad about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you, if you watch shark tank, that's how 99% of the pitches come to be is someone identify something that they want that doesn't exist mm-hmm. and go out and create it themselves. So that's exactly what you've done here. And thank goodness you have.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. It's been, I've had a really great response from people who, you know, continued to message me either personally, just in my DMs or in, in emails, or similarly with opportunities like this, like you inviting me to come here today. I know the focus is on marketing and I'm always happy to talk about that as well, but just even the fact that you're open to asking me about it is pretty cool. And I don't know if that's because it's from one podcast or to another, or just <laughs> recognizing that we're all multi-dimensional people, you know, and we have these things that we do full-time during the day, but there's also these other things that influence our lives a great deal.
0: Right. And I do see that marketing is a pretty high burnout career if you don't take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And what you do lines up so perfectly with preventing that from happening. And I know a few people who are marketers and yoga instructors. And I just found it so fascinating the first time that I spoke to a person and they were able to sort of tie in their yoga practice with their career. So from your perspective, what do you think yoga adds to your career? And how do you approach your day-to-day work maybe slightly differently from someone who either doesn't teach or doesn't practice?
1: Hmm, That is a good question. And it kind of depends on the day. So you know, a year and a half ago, when we were still going into the office, most days, I would actually start and end the day by teaching yoga physically in person. So I would teach a a. 6am class and a 6pm class and then be at work before and after that. And so it always there was a physical you know, a certain amount of physical exertion. When I'm teaching, I don't do all of the poses because I want to make sure the class is okay. But it gets you into a certain mindset. It gets you focused on your breath and being able to see things kind of one thing at a time. And then by the end of the day, seeing the full picture. Now that we've been working from home and I haven't been teaching any public in-person classes, it's a bit more of an effort to make that practice exist for myself. So when I'm waking up in the morning and this can apply to everyone this is just what I've learned from yoga an answer to your question yeah. when I get up the first thing other than turning off my alarm I'm not looking <laughs> at my phone <laughs> so I'm leaving the phone until after I've gotten up gotten you know showered and dressed had my tea and sit down at my desk and I've started delaying it longer And longer and longer so it used to be just like once I was up and dressed and then it used to be well well, when I was having my tea and then it used to be and so now it's like I wait a really long time before getting into the distractions of the outside world and trying to set aside a little more time each morning and I say for myself and I'm holding my fingers up in air quotes but it's like putting an intention towards the day if you don't have time to meditate like i try to make time to meditate so i can set my breath and my intention for the day and if especially if there's something really pressing and we all know there are deadlines even just setting a timer for like 3 minutes one of that's one of the things if i fall out of a meditation practice i'll go back into starting just at 3 minutes and set that on my phone and set it aside and it goes by like that and all you have to do is take deep breaths. And you sort of start the day with a much calmer outlook than if you're just like flying out of bed and rushing into a a meeting and trying to drink your coffee while you're doing three other things that are going to be due in an hour. So it's, it's about slowing down, but also about being more conscious with your time. And then when it comes to our team, I guess, like, as we both know, as we all know, people who are listening when those deadlines get, get kind of hairy and it's like, where's the courier and we need so-and-so's narrative and we still don't have this. And like the panic level really starts to rise. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like when I can feel that pressure cooker point of it coming, it's like, okay, we need to stop. This is what needs to happen. This is who can make it happen. This, And it's being able to take that step back. And I believe I mean everybody is capable of doing that but for whatever reason I kind of feel like a combination of life experience and having a steady yoga practice allows me to do that more often not just for myself but for the team like when when somebody else is panicking right they they just know they're in that situation and they can't see outside of it and it's just emotional and it's upsetting but if somebody else can come in and say okay and not ask necessarily what I can do. I will say that sometimes, but it's more like, okay, when is this due? Who do you need to hear from? Can I do this and this and this to help? And it's being able to come up with a pause and a helpful question and hopefully a solution that sometimes in the frenzy of day-to-day life we might miss and then you know we can't afford to make those mistakes sometimes. And then on the flip side of that, if something does go totally wrong, it's not the end of the world. We tell ourselves it's the end of the world, but it's not the end of the world. And you can't keep beating yourself up over mistakes. That's a chance to learn from a mistake that you made. It's a chance for you and the team to reconnect about what went wrong and what in the process can change in the future so that that doesn't happen again. It's always a learning experience and it might not be fun, (laughs) but (laughs) it will definitely be a learning experience. Luckily that doesn't happen too often, but- hopefully, hopefully my, the team feels the
0: same way. Yeah. So what other action items would you suggest for someone who wants to better their own coping mechanisms? Let's call them.
1: (laughs) As much as I'm a PR and and communications person, and I do spend a lot of time online and on my phone, I manage the, the company's social media accounts. And so One of my screens always has, you know, the Twitter feed app and Instagram and things like that. You can get really pulled into things very quickly that have nothing to do with what you need to accomplish right at that moment and become very emotional. And so I would say, to be perfectly honest, during the first month or two of the pandemic, when we started working from home, I definitely went down that rabbit hole. Like, I think we all were just sort of like, how did two weeks, you know, turn into a year? And now we can look back on that and say, okay, you know, that, that was that year. And hopefully we're looking at the light of the end of the tunnel. But when you're first in it, it's so hard to pull yourself out of that rabbit hole. Cause you just want to know. And it's like, what's the definitive answer. And so for me, it's learning to get comfortable with uncertainty. And this might be, you know, a little esoteric, but for people who are really looking for kind of a plain approach to dealing with everyday problems, there's an author, she's actually a a Buddhist nun named Pema, and I always say her last name wrong, but it's Chodron, C-H-O-D-R-O-N, Pema Chodron. And when you read her books, they're very short, but they're just full of really sage advice. And almost all of them are about dealing with uncertainty. And so I will return to them. And I feel like she's talking directly to me. And of course she's not, we've never met, you know, she doesn't even live in the same state that I do, but Her words are, she'll take examples from real life, even being a Buddhist nun before she became that, she was living life in the world as we all are. And she has this way of explaining how it's okay to just keep coming back to the moment that you're in and what you need to get through this minute, through this hour, through this day, through this you know whatever period of time that it is. And it's like a little mini yoga session, asking your body and your mind to take a pause And it's a great coping mechanism. So whenever I find myself getting overwhelmed or other people, that's kind of the advice that I give to them is learning to just accept where you are in this moment. And instead of fighting it, unless you're in danger, of course, that's a whole different thing.
0: Um,
1: But in general, you know, in general situations, we can control our mindset and we have to be able to like tune out, you know, media distraction. Actually, one of the things... I read there's a newsletter I subscribe to called Thrive Global. And in it, they always give like, you know, little things. So you take breaks away from your computer, go for short walks, take your eyes off the screen, look out the window, even if you can't go outside, just to give your eyes something different to focus on. But how important it is to just keep coming back to these little things that bring you joy and bringing joy to other people helps you be more productive at work. So when somebody doesn't respond to an email that your first thought isn't like, oh, they must hate me and they are never respond (laughs) on time and whatever, it sort of like helps you to be more empathetic with what they might be going through. And then you can approach it differently. And then if you approach your response or a phone call to them differently, then their response in kind is going to be a little more plain right instead of us one of the things with digital communication now it's hard to read tone in an email or an item sometimes right and so it just helps you stay on an even keel as opposed to just immediately assuming the worst
0: (laughs) and we we can start to assume the best hopefully i love that that is such a quality tip (laughs) for our listeners who don't know where to find your podcast where should i direct them
1: Oh, okay. It's called Maya for short, uh, stands for My Yoga Audio. And it's on all the major streaming platforms. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Anchor. And yeah, if you just type in Maya or My Yoga Audio, it will come up. I can provide you a link if you do show notes or anything like that. I'd be happy to share Perfect. And yeah, if people have questions or ideas for guests for shows or topics that they'd love to hear about, I'd be more than willing to listen and have a conversation about that.
0: And they can find you on LinkedIn, I assume?
1: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm on LinkedIn personally. Um, My Yoga Audio also has
0: an account on, on LinkedIn. So. Oh, very good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Megan. This has been a pleasure. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for asking me, Keelan. Absolutely. Well, Marketeers, that is it for this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Megan. I've included several links in the show notes to get to her LinkedIn and her podcast. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every Wednesday. Chat soon.